Trading Night, episode 73. Right, so somebody's selling to you. To you, you're looking at buying this thing. You know it's going to go up. Somebody's clearly selling to you. Either somebody's a complete idiot and they don't know what they're doing, right? But usually before somebody push sells, what are they doing? They're building a case to why prices are going to go lower. And what are you doing? You're building a case to why prices are going to go higher. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading That Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we have Austin Semenik on the show. Now, we've got a great show lined up with Austin. We're going to hear a lot of words of wisdom in the show. Now, before we get into that, I did want to talk about uh, some words of wisdom that were dropped in the Trading Nut chat room this past week. So guys, if you're not over there, we've, we've now surpassed 500 members in the chat room. Head over there. There's some great traders in there, some great tips, advice um, as well. So I'm going to read out one of those from Andre Hubert. Uh, so Andre said this, and look, it, it sort of it fed a whole bunch of uh, sort of, I suppose, quotes from people that are that are there, that are on the chat room and, and sort of have their view on what it takes to become a successful trader. So this is what Andre said, and you guys can um, can head over there and read the rest of those quotes and, and join the community as well. It's just over there, tradingnut.com. You'll be able to find a, a link somewhere there on the site. So it's a Telegram chat room. So here's what he said. It is a lot more beneficial to analyze a chart by yourself than anything a mentor can show you. The last guest on Can Show proves this point. There are two reasons for this. The first is that we all interpret what we see differently. If I had to ask 10 people to draw S&R, support and resistance, there would be a lot of different pictures emerging. The second is that whatever strategy a mentor is teaching is deeply ingrained in, in his way of thinking. The mentor has internalized his strategy to the point where it feels like second nature. This concept hardly ever gets imparted to students. This is why the results of mentors and students have such big variations. Do the work, sit and stare at the charts, it's worth it. Fail and fail often one day until one day when it clicks. There's a great way to sum up a lot of what you're going to hear here on the Trading Up podcast. Um, Somebody else summed it up again afterwards saying, um, look, basically... What, what do they say? I'm trying to find it here. They said, look, I can't see it. But they, they basically said, it's pretty simple. Do the work. Uh, so guys, do the work. So listen to these shows, go away and do the work. Look, if you do need to to choose a mentor and, and find out how to get started in the game, then you know, please, by all means, do so. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get on with the show with Austin Semenik, who is a mentor to, to some, and you're going to hear all about his trading journey and um, how he trades. All right, let's do it. All right, folks, we've got Austin Semenik here on the show. So, Austin, welcome to uh, the Trading Up podcast. How are things over there in uh, Vancouver, Canada? Fantastic. Never been better. Lockdown's gotten us down. It's a shame. But, uh, you know, best time to trade the markets is right now with all this liquidity and chaos going on right now. Yeah, I know. I saw that the... Uh... It is it is chaos, isn't it? I mean, I saw the spreads on on the, the GU pairs, or sorry, the uh, GBP pairs was 
just insane <laughs> on uh, the day before Easter. It was like five pip spreads. Just ridiculous. But, I mean, the volatility has been humongous over mm-hmm. the last week and a bit. Yeah, it's definitely something you do have to manage. There's lots of opportunities every single day. I've actually like really focused in on day trading and scalping right now because there is a lot of opportunities. But something with that is you do have to consider is obviously if you're trading currencies is the spread. The spread might widen during certain times of the day. And especially in a pandemic like this is, you know, one one hour later, Trump's coming out with, you know, news releases and the next hour he says something else. Next thing you know, you, you know, there's just something coming out every hour. You don't know which country is going to come out and say something about this, you know, so-called pandemic, right? So it's unpredictable anytime during the day, but you have to manage risk, right? You don't want to be trying to risk by 10%, 50% on your account at any given time, especially in a time like this. Yeah, this is, this is truly unique. And you sort of think you've, you know, you've gone through all the black swan type things in the past and, you know, the world just keeps dishing them up uh, like a like a nice little um, starter dish. So so let's let's get on with the show and, and find out, I mean, how you first got into this trading gig. Um, I've done a bit of research on you, so uh, hopefully we can get some really nice insights in this uh, interview with you. Yeah. Yeah. I started at a young age. I mean, I'm 25 right now as of this, uh, as we're doing this interview right now. And I think I started when I was 19. I just got out of high school. I was going to school, um, doing trades, electrical trades, basically, and playing football at the same time for the school. And uh, I got my first year of electrical. I got after that, I went to the job site. I literally, it was like my first job. I sat down on a bucket and I started doing, you know, electrical sockets, right? Putting in plugs, putting in light bulbs and stuff like that. And literally within 30 minutes of me sitting on that bucket, putting in uh, electrical sockets, I was like, fuck this. Uh, I cannot do this anymore. Um, I need a way out. So basically I stayed with it for about six months, um, came back. I did four years of football. But during that, that time, I was educating myself on how to trade um, stocks and currencies and stuff like that. So I always had a way out. But that's basically how I got it. I, I just quickly realized that I did not want to be working nine to five, working for somebody else. I just couldn't stand it, making fifteen, thirteen dollars an hour. It was uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. And why did you go into the electrical business? Uh, I think the original plan of what I was trying to do was get a trades, but then also try to become a firefighter. So usually you they like it when you have like a degree or a trades um, to back yourself up on, right? That's why I think I got into it. And I think also I just didn't really know what the hell I was doing. So I had an opportunity to continue screwing around, play football for a couple more years, um, get a small education, get a useful education. It really is a useful one. Uh, It's a good trade to have. Um, But I think my main is actually become a firefighter. And so thinking about like, you know, I suppose there's so many different ways you could have could have got out of that. I mean, why, why did trading appeal to you? Um, it's the lifestyle. I think, I think the lifestyle, having the ability to work from home, work for anywhere from around the world, travel, be your own boss. Um, that's what really enticed me. It was never the cars. I was, I've never been a materialistic guy having cars or something like that. Um, I prefer valuing life experiences and travel over anything like that. It's never been about the money, um, making all this money. It's never been about that. People claiming they make, you know, millions of dollars and sure it definitely is possible. 
but it's not all about the money. To me, it was about the freedom of getting your life back, doing whatever the hell you want, being your own boss and having the ability to travel. That's what it was for me. And so what was the, what was the, can you remember the first sort of foray into it and, and how you got started? You know, I, I've really, I think I've, I think how everybody gets involved into trading is the same way that I think I got into it was looking at lifestyle travel videos. You know, you look at it, money, you're like, holy smokes, you know, these guys are making 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, 20,000 bucks in 60 minutes, right? Or having that ability to travel around the world and trade. That's what got me. And uh, that's that is really what got me is getting into that lifestyle, traveling and working from home or working around the world. And that's what make... got me. And I, I think that's what got people, everybody, you know, doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's very compelling. And I mean, how did you sort of make that decision on like, okay, this is where I'm going to start. I'm going to, I'm going to either take a course or I'm going to um, learn from this guy or I'm going to trade stocks or trade forex or how did you make that decision and, and where did you, where did you head? Um, I, I did start just, you know, watching CNBC, learning a little bit of the lingo, stuff like that. Um, I can't remember really what dictated me. I think I was following somebody that was into currencies and I just kind of went with currencies. Right. Um, I think that's basically what happened. I, I sure I trade some stocks, but I think it's just luck of the trade. I just got into currencies. I know some people that get into stocks, um, it's just how I got started, currencies only, and I've stayed with them ever since. And how did you educate yourself out of the gate? What was that looking? What did that look like? Uh, I think, I, I honestly, it is, it's tough because, especially in today, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of information on the internet, and this is something I like to call like the Google wing it way. Yes, there's a lot of information on the internet. Everything is technically on the internet for free, right? There is, that is 100% true. Anything you need to know about trading, currency stocks, Forex, I don't know, anything about it, any strategy, it is on the internet. The question is actually putting it together and being consistent with it. And that's what people have the hard time doing, right? Um, I was, you know, you learn one thing about stops. If you YouTube how to play stops or stop loss strategy, you're going to get five different YouTubers talking about how to manage stops five different ways, right? And they all might be valid, but the question is like, what works for you? And how are you able to loss strategy or whatever you're trading or manage your stops to your personality and to your liking and do it over and over and over again? And at first I thought everybody was out there being scammers, you know, all the signal providers out there, uh, EA trading strategies out there. I thought at first they're all scammers and there's hundred percent. There is a lot of scammers out there. Right. Um, I think any time when you're um, getting involved in investing or funds or anything like that in the money market, you're going to have people trying to take advantage of you and try to take your money. It's just part of the game, right? There's no way around it. If people think that they can take money off you, they will take money off you. Right. Um, so at first, you know, I was going by myself for about a year and a half thinking all mentors were scams until I finally caved in and I got myself my own mentor. But uh, it took, took a lot out of me, you know, finally came to the crack and I said, screw it, you know, I'll make the investment. And that's what I did. Best decision. So that was so that was the turning point for you. So you sort of knocked, you bumped around um, trying everything, looking at all these different 
approaches and I suppose information overload, then you found a mentor. I mean, can you talk us through that that sort of shift in, in what changed? Yeah, I mean, when I first got into trading, I, I've never blown my account. I always knew, hey, you know, risk 1% to 2% of your capital at once. Never risk 5 10% of your trading capital because all it takes is, you know, five, seven, eight losing trades in a row and then you're wiped out, right? I always knew that from the get-go. I always knew um, you have to trade one strategy, right? So I never jumped around from strategy to strategy where I never blew an account. Right? I was lucky enough not to do that. I knew all those rules, but what I lacked was consistency. Right, And trading the exact same trade the, the entire time, trade after trade after trade, right, having that patience, discipline, and consistency. Those are the three keys, right? And I lacked those, right? I, I knew the strategy. I knew what I had to do, but I didn't do it again and again and again and again. And that's what helped me. And that's, you know, they can teach you the system. Everything's out there for free on the internet. But if that one mentor can teach you consistency, patience, and discipline, right, hmm. then you will become a successful trader. So, so what did your what did your early strategy look like then? Uh, it, it honestly really had. I think about it now today. I mean, I, I grew up trading supply and demand when I first got into it. it hasn't changed one bit. I, I still trade it, but it's the way I view the market, and I actually have. Um, I feel confident in my methodology and my strategy. This week, I basically started the whole week going 0-3 for my trading, and I was talking about my group about this, about what I'm going through, how I'm dealing with this, and they're asking, how do I get over it? Or like, you know, what are you doing to get over it? How does it affect your next trading? You know, how are you going to come back next week? How are you going to, you know, how are you going to take that next layup trade, as we like to call it, just an easy trade to get a win under your belt? And... There is no preparation for a downtrend or anything like that. It's going to, like we were talking about, is seeing a strategy that works and you've back-tested it or you just you see it over and over and over again, right? That, gives, that brings confidence in your, into your trading. There's one thing we were talking about is if you go into a haunted house or something like that and you take 10 people, you go into the haunted house they come out screaming and they come up to you and said, they all saw a ghost and they're all, they're panicking, they're sweating, they're, they're, they're telling you they saw a ghost. You might sit there and say, okay, I believe you. There probably was a ghost, right? And you're going to go out, you know, for the rest of your night, for the rest of your day saying, yeah, there's a ghost in there. But those people's experience of being in that house and actually seeing the ghost is way different than them telling you that they saw a ghost and they have that belief that they know they saw a ghost and you you're just hearing a story that they saw a ghost. So that goes back into your confidence in your strategy of you seeing the same setup work again and again and again. Know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great analogy. Uh, really, really interesting. I thought you were going to take it somewhere different uh, in terms of like, Oh, that, that's, what, that, that's exactly what I do though. You know, I, I forget the, the first question. I think I started rambling on about something at first, but that's usually what I do is I start going and next thing you know, I'm busting into another subject. So. Yeah, no, but I, th- I thought you were going to take the uh, haunted house story into the fact that you would have gone into the house and then, um, seen the go- ghost for yourself and then kept repeating it and going in and, you know, by the end of you know, the 10th time you've gone into the house, you, you're familiar with, I don't know, that's where I thought it was going, but, but no, that's interesting. I, I like that. That's a, it's a good analogy. But it does go back into your trading. If you take a trader that 
if you say you join a private group and that meant okay let's just say you join my private group all right let's just put it like that make it simple you join my group i'm here preaching a strategy i'm here preaching you the methodology about how i trade mm. my setup and i want you to replicate this now for me i have complete confidence in this trading system because i know it works i've been trading it for years i understand it inside and out i understand everything about it you you're just trusting me right you're just trusting me thinking, okay, this is what this guy said. This is what I should expect from it, right? That's basically you. There's a difference from actually you taking it and going back and best and best back testing it and seeing like, hey, out of my past 100 trades, I am winning 60% of my trades and I'm averaging, I don't know, 1.5 to 1 risk to reward, 2 to 1 risk to reward, and I am plus 15%, I don't know, 20% or whatever, right? Yeah. There is a side of confidence in you that you say, okay, this actually works, you know? And then when you see that trade setup happen in the markets, you have confidence in it. So when you lose three in a row, you understand like, hey, I'm trading the same trade. It was a good trade. I have complete confidence in it. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that difference that you need to have having that confidence in, you know, trusting that system, but you won't gain that trust or that confidence without actually seeing it work, right? So that's when backtesting or seeing the same thing happen again and again and again. That's what will slowly build that confidence. And so, so with the mentor, I mean, how did he how did he build that consistency into your trading? Or she? How would the like the apprentice? Let's just say the apprentice uh, build that into their trading. Well, how did how did your mentor build it into your trading? So you said you know you had an issue with consistency. You got the same system, um, basically, but you you know consistency was a big big issue. You got the mentor, and even though you didn't learn their strategy per se, you learned more. Well, they helped you get become a better trader. Yeah, I think you have to create every strategy or methodology to your own strengths and weaknesses. So if I give you my straight up strategy about how I trade, and this is my setup, I doubt you could take it. I could give it to 100 people, and I very well doubt that you could take it and implement it into your own trading style. I promise you, it will work. I guarantee you it. But will you have the ability to become a robot and take the same setup again and again and again, and will it make sense to you? Because when you trade, it's your capital at risk. It's your emotions that you're trading, right? It's not to change was obviously my consistency and uh, what patience, discipline, that all had to change. I had to become patient, discipline, and consistency. But I had to accept the strategy. I had to change certain things that, you know, my risk to reward, um, how I view the markets in some way. What do I like? Like, hey, you know, Austin really likes how this happens and then this happens, right? But I don't like that. You know, I like it when it does this. And that's what I really like. Maybe it's just my background or my personality, right? If you take, I come up with all these analogies and these metaphors, I'm like golden for these things. Um, so let's just say you have a trader. Say, okay, let's say you got you and me. I come up from a background from sports, right? My whole life, I've played on some really crappy teams and I've played on some really good teams, right? I've been on championship teams and I've been on the most dirt poor, crappiest teams going 0 for 10 in the season, you know, winning one game, two games out of the season, right, early on. 
Most of my life, I've been a winner regarding sports and competition. So when you translate that into trading, coming from my past of me being a winner most of my time, being, okay, say, a 70% winner, to me going to trading where it's a competition, literally, it is a competition, it is a game, where you take that 70% and you dial it back down to 40% or 30% win rate, that's going to hurt me then it might hurt you for somebody that's coming from a losing background that loses all the time in their sports history or never played sports. But maybe that, that 30 or 40% win rate strategy that you're trading has a three to one or two to one or four to one risk to reward. But maybe I prefer to have that 1.5 to one or one to one or two to one, right? Yeah. That's usually what's going to happen is it's almost impossible. It really is impossible. If you have, let's say a lower win rate, right? You're going to have higher risk to reward. That's usually how it goes. If you want a higher win rate as in a win loss, a smaller risk to reward, right? It's impossible. It really is impossible to go from a 50% win rate yeah. to averaging two, say 50% win rate, doing a two to one trading to a 70% win rate to averaging three to one uh, risk to reward without changing the methodology. It's simply impossible to do that. It really is. You're going to have, it's a give and pull effect, right? And so that's when trading uh, your style and your personality and and adjusting that trading plan and creating your own trading plan has to be on the same page of your personality. Because me winning 30% of the time, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I hate losing. I hate losing three, five trades, eight trades in a row. I can't do it. I freak out. Right. So me being aware of that, I have to have at least a 50 percent win rate. I have to have that at least one to one 50 percent win rate. Right. It just keeps me happy. It keeps me in the game. Right. And so that's my that's my thoughts on it. It's it's it's. I mean, I suppose the takeaway from you guys listening, you know, are you a winner or are you a a loser um, is probably the thing to ask yourself and find out whether or not you know you'd prefer to have a higher win rate or you're happy with a lower win rate and you know stick with the methodology. Um, some great advice in there, guys. Now, I suppose just hey, let me interrupt you for that. There is a problem. There is a problem with um, with all that, and the one problem is the social media problem especially in today where all their focus is is on the social media. You pull up Instagram, you look at trading, you know, you look at Twitter. What do you see? You see winners. You see winners and you see winners. One out of 50 pitchers you look at are going to be a loser. And what are all these winners? They're, they're 98% winners showing you $50,000, 20 to 1 risk to rewards. And if you're sitting there trading a 150% win-loss ratio, getting two-to-one trades, that fucks – sorry for my sorry, but that fucks with your mind, Yeah. right? Yeah. That screws with your mind. I don't know if we're allowed swearing, but I've already done it, right? But it's yeah. – are we allowed? We're putting, uh, we're putting explicit on this one. Uh, that's all right. We'll be good. All right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's just me being honest, though. Yeah. Especially Instagram, you know, YouTube, it's – People compare each other, right? People on Instagram, it's really all about the glamour, the lifestyle, and what you're producing, right? And so it's so easy to pull up an app and look at what other people are doing and then look at what you're doing and then think, wow, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And then you start getting in this rabbit hole effect of jumping from strategy to strategy, trying to compare yourself to others. 
And this is why you need to focus on yourself and yourself only. Screw everybody around you. If you're in a trading group, you know, sure, it's important to be in a trading group, but you've got to focus on yourself. Yeah. Don't bash people, but focus on yourself. Just because Joe's looking at a buy doesn't mean that you can't take a sell. Yeah, so true, eh? And yeah. I mean, how many times if you people look back and go, you know, you took that buy because Joe took it, then and it didn't work out, and you're going, well, hang on a sec, Joe's, Joe's posting like amazing oh, trades. Yeah. How come this one didn't work out, the one I took? It's because he's he's not posting every trade. He's posting the yeah. ones that are amazing, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to uh, the internet, my friend. Yeah, uh, and then it's and it's funny. I mean, like I remember even maybe three years ago, there was a a forum that I'd joined or a group, and the guy was, you know, he he looked. I mean, he was a great trader. Don't get me wrong; he was really good. But, um, you know, there was one time he he posted this, you know, hey guys, here's a here's a freebie one for you, and um, and it was. Uh, like I, I did I no, I didn't take the trade. I just looked at it and I was like, okay, well, let's go back and check that one out. Never referenced it again. He never referenced it again. But I went back and checked it about two days later, and I was like, ah, look, it was straight to stop loss. Um, but then he was posting like all these sort of you know multiple stacked trades and stuff um, with these massive profits and and you know thousands of pips in gain and. Um, and they sort of everyone who wasn't really focused on looking at every little bit of detail that he put out there would have missed the fact that he put this one up there and it didn't work. So um, yeah, good lesson there. Right now, what I was going to ask was your tipping point, your turning point. Was there a point where you sort of felt like ah things have just tipped over? I've now uh, I've got this thing. I've got it. I think what the turning point for me was I was always treating it as a hobby. And you understand, this is a business. We are competing against the smartest minds in the whole world. These guys on the other side of the world or other side of the country trading their black boxes or their algos, they're paying them millions and millions of dollars. These guys are coming out of the best universities, coming out of the best out of their class, right? Scoring 100% or whatever. And they're going straight to the big money and they're getting paid by these institutions to make these plays and they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So if you think that you can just roll out of bed and, you know, wipe the beer off your face, the nachos, have a beer, but I mean, sure. I trade sometimes with a beer, but you know, I don't get high and I start get, I don't get drunk trading. But if you think you can just roll out of bed and just take it half ass and not take it serious and not journal and not have a proper plan in place, you know, and not have your own lifestyle in place, then you are to some extent. Right, you need to have that, and you need to treat it as a business. You're gonna take losses. You know the your your favorite beer, your liquor store, your private liquor store down the road. They have losses, right? The burger joint beside them, they have losses for the month. They got to pay employees. Maybe the burger or the salmon doesn't sell well that month. They lose money. It's just an expense, but they know over the long term they're gonna make money. It's the same thing in trading. You're not gonna win every trade. Right, but you have to take it serious. There's going to be expenses, and your stop losses are the expenses. And I think that was the jumping stone for me was not taking it serious. Um, sure, I would journal one day, I would mark my trades one day, and then the next day I wouldn't do it. You know, one month I would do really well, and I I found out I journaled everything, 
right? And then the next month I don't, and then there I am, you know, breaking even or below break even, slowly grinding down, right? So it's doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's very repetitive. And so that was, so at some point did you, I suppose, how were you able to go like, okay, now I realize that when I don't take it serious, things don't go so well, I need to take it serious every single day. I mean, what did you start to see massive improvements after that? Or was it just like sort of, oh, you know, this is, this is trading. I think that's, it was just slowly steady. Nothing, there was no light bulb moment that I had like, oh my gosh, this is it. Um, there's nothing like that. I think it's a slow grind. It's never really just one thing. It's accumulation of multiple things that turn that equity curve from down or break even to up, right? It's never just one thing. It's it's a lot of things that you'd have to do right to put the point that equity curve up, right? And uh, that's what I would say to that. And look, I know you've done a lot of traveling around and, and trading and traveling and stuff. And uh, I'm just wondering, what, what did you do around... Uh, funding I mean in terms of funding your account did you fund it yourself or did you seek capital or, or you know go through one of these programs what was the path in that respect no I completely funded myself uh, work from when I was younger uh, I've, I've always had it slowly built at 200,000 I never did anything like that you know, I know you see a lot of people like that turning their you know $2,500 account or something like that into a hundred thousand into a million but it sells, right? That's marketing for you. It sells, right? The truth is there's, you know, for every one person of that, there's a thousand people blowing up their account, right? So don't think that you're anything special. You got to take it slow. Um, no, I always, I just slowly grinded it. And I think that's the way to do it. Fortunately, I was not one of those guys that just blew it up and went yeah. from 5k to 150k. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. What, what about, um, what about, let's dive into some of the, the, I suppose, stats and stuff around your trading. So you talked about, you know, you're happy with a 50% win rate. I mean, what is your risk to reward to get that 50% win rate? Yeah, so right now, it, it, it's always changing. Every six months, every six months to a year, I always do a review for the six months and see how I've been performing, um, you know, what pairs or currencies or anything that I'm trading is not performing as well as it was or any certain trade setups that wasn't performing as, a, as it was. Um, I get rid of a dollar really well, which I trade right now really well. Uh, the US dollar right now, I'm a, I think for the past year, I'm trading 70%. But for the Canadian dollar, when I was trading like my own currency, the Canadian, I was literally like, I think 0 for 15 or something for like six months. And I was like, 0 for 15, that's insane. Right. So maybe it's just the market conditions that, you know, the Canadian dollars in right now, but I need to be aware of, I need to, like, I'm not performing well. I got to stop trading it for now. So I get rid of that and I start trading more of what I'm good at. Right. Maybe it's a certain trade set. Maybe my trend trading is really good. Right. And my counter trend's not good. Well, I want to put more trading on my trend trading. Right. So as of now, I think it's, 60 or 65 percent six we'll call it 63 or whatever percent with like an average of like 1.5 to 2 to 1 risk to reward and what about the instruments you do sort of circulate through how how many are you looking at gold silver oil you know like some of the uh stock markets the dow jones s p the uk but then the major currencies um and some of the miners right i think 
this is also something we could talk about too, is a common question that I get and I'm sure other people are curious about is how many, how many instruments or charts should you be trading? And that all depends, right? I think it depends on the trader. I think it depends on the style of trading because if you're day trading or scalping, let's just say you're day trading, you're getting inside and out of trade within a day. If you're looking at 50 charts or 20 charts, it can get very overwhelming managing those 50 charts, right? Even if you have a scanner and you knock it down to 10, you're going to be very overwhelmed trading those 10 pairs compared to if you're trading to maybe six or 10 pairs originally, right? You're going to be having, you're going to have the ability to focus on those six pairs a lot easier or 10 pairs or whatever you're trading a lot easier than if you're trading 50 pairs. Now, if you're swing trading or anything like that, or you're looking at higher time frames, then just, so maybe you want to be looking at 50 or 60 charts, right? Because what, for if you're executing trades on the one minute or the five minute, right? There's new candles formed every five minutes. But if you're, say, swing trading on the four hour, there's a new candle formed every four hour. There's a lot more opportunities on the smaller time frames, but there's also less noise. So it's a give and pull effect. And so what, so I suppose, what, what time frames do you trade just so that we've got a, I suppose a gauge on that. Right now, um, especially in these markets right now, the longer term stuff is really unpredictable. So I'm just doing swing trading, not swing trading, sorry, day trading and scalping. Like say like the one minute, five minute, 15 minute, one hours is my entry time frame. One hour or less is usually what it is right now. Uh, if I'm swing trading, maybe four hour, but I'm not doing that right this second during this uh, this so-called pandemic. <laughs> okay cool i don't want to say it i don't want to say the word because you get you start getting banned and limited uh access on certain channels like if you talk about it on youtube you know the pandemic i'm not sure if they're doing this on like uh apple podcasts or whatever you're putting this on for right uh so it is something i i gotta be careful saying and especially if you're doing youtube videos you know, the algos... Yeah, I probably won't put it in the title. Yeah, yeah, you don't definitely <laughs> want to put it in the title. Uh, but I've definitely had three of my videos pulled down because of that. Really? Yeah. Two of them, yeah. Uh, well, they've all gotten limited. Yeah. Three of them have gotten limited uh, monetization. Actually, I think I right. had a limited one just recently, and I wonder if that was it. I wonder if that was the reason. I don't know. Anyway. Um... Yeah, I think it, it's, it's crazy, though, man. Well, I keep this stuff in, but if you YouTube, too, I mean, you're a YouTuber, too, and I did a recent video talking about this, but if you YouTube, you know, the pandemic, you know what? The C word. <laughs> um, what will you get? You will get ABC News, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, um, the New York Times, whatever, you'll get the six major news corporations hogging all the videos for the top page, for the second page, to the third page. You will get nonstop those guys circulating videos in other people's channels, right? It's because YouTube is pushing people to watch their so-called, what they label, real news. Yeah. And anybody who is not that is, is classified as fake news. And if you say anything about it or against it, they they won't rank you in the system at all, and it's true they do that. Go to look at it yourself. We'll we'll see if this one um this one gets restricted 
time and then <laughs> and the yeah, gets we'll limited see. limited yeah. monetization or whatever it is they're going to do um because they pull it hopefully they don't do that right nah, let's get we'll let's get back about it yeah let's get back onto the the trading topic so so on your day like how does your day pan out from a trading point of view well uh, i usually as of now i'm based off in canada vancouver so uh Usually, I'm trading the London session right now. I could be trading the U.S. session, but I don't really want to be waking up at 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning. I'm more of a night owl, so I prefer to be trading the London session, which is like 12 o'clock midnight my time. So, you know, I'll do my things throughout my trading time. And I, you know, all my focus is, is on trading, looking at the charts. Throughout the day, at any other time, you know, I'm just, anybody can talk to me. I'm wide open. I'm doing my own thing. Right, but I think during that time I'm looking at the markets from twelve to two or three AM. It's my time, it's my focus time for trading. Well, that's um dedication. I, I try and stay up that late but I can't do it. Um and ironically the London session for me is much earlier, so uh, it's just that I what time is it for you? Uh, it's about it depends on the uh, daylight savings or summertime, but it's um between six and uh, eleven PM. So, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's sort of like just trying to get that stillness. And in the and, middle of the day, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just trying to get the stillness of, you know, getting everyone sort of, you know, not interrupting you and all that sort of stuff is, is quite difficult. Yeah, you're in the middle of the day. Yeah. I mean, I get that. When I was traveling uh, Europe and Asia, right, you've definitely got to adjust your time schedule because when you're in Thailand or Southeast Asia, you know, of your day... You don't want it to screw with your later half of the day. Yeah. So it's like the middle of the day yeah. is your trading time if you do trade to London. Or what you could do is trade the U.S. session, which I think opens up at, at like 10 at night there or 9 at night. But uh, you're going to have to find that balance. And that's something if anybody does start to start traveling and trading, <laughs> you're going to find that balance. You're going to have to. It will take time. So what do you what do you think made you different from the guys that that are really struggling with this out there? I think it's consistency, patience, and not com- and people comparing themselves to others. And like we said at the beginning of this uh, video, we were talking about what people lack, and that's patience, consistency, and discipline. I get so many questions you know people start freaking out people just don't have trust in their system hey is this right is this right hey am i doing this right like why are you asking me one you're not trading the same methodology as me and and two like i don't know like why are you asking me right like don't you have your own trading plan don't you understand what's going on in your own trading system you shouldn't be asking me right um i think that's what people lack is that patience of waiting for that same setup to happen again and again and again, the consistency to to do all that, and then the discipline to actually sit on your hands, right? Yeah, and execute the same thing. Yeah, I think it. I sort of occurred to me the other day that like one of the things is I think people like to abdicate responsibility through finances. So like, well, if I pay you this much money, then my trading will improve. Um, because I've paid you to fix my trading, and but the reality is, if especially if you you know if you well, it doesn't even matter what you're doing, it, it it's still you've it's like you've abdicated the responsibility. So therefore, 
you've almost sort of put yourself at a disadvantage already. Is that? Do you think that's a valid, valid sort of thought process? I have people that join my private group, and after two weeks, I never hear from them again. After a month, I never hear from them again. Right? It's it's people expect to. You know, I I get this all the time, and I, I talk to people that aren't even in my group, and. They say, yeah, yeah, I bought this uh, course or I, I joined this guy's membership for three months uh, or a month. Yeah, it was good, but I don't trade it anymore or I quit. It's like, why? I know the guy and I know what works. It's, you know, they they didn't trade it. They weren't taking it serious enough. They didn't, they expect something to happen. Just because you join a $1,000 course or whatever, a $100 course or you pay for membership, that doesn't make you consistent. They will provide you a service that will get you consistent, but it's up to you and whether or not you can figure it out, right? And I see it all the time in my own group, right? People just, they say they have the discipline and they want it, but they don't. And I see people that are private messaging me, um, asking for extra help. You know, I can see they're putting in the work and those are the people that I want to work with. The other people that don't do it, they're just another statistic that will move on and join somebody else and they'll have that same conversation that they just came from me or you, right? Um, those aren't people I want to work with. I want to work with people that are actually willing to put in the work. And th- there's a reason why we actually have like what a 98% losing streak or losing streak, a 95% chance of everybody being a loser, right? There's, that's why that's that, that there's that <laughs> flare in my words. That's why that, that number is true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to, I suppose, more the nuts and bolts of a, a price chart. And if somebody was, like, trying to come up with their own strategy and, and you know, you recommended, look, focus on this. What would what would be a couple of things that you'd recommend they spend some time backtesting and, and, and looking into? If I had to recommend anything for them, what to do? Yeah. Um, what I recommend people to do, even if they don't trade my methodology or your methodology, is say you're trading support and resistance, or it doesn't matter. It rarely has to do with the methodology. So what I kind of challenge people to do is take 10 trades of whatever you're trading, but I want them all to be your own trades. I don't want one trade to be influenced by me, by you, by the YouTuber named Bilbo Baggins to Dolphin Lover 69 I don't want anything to do with them. I want every single trade and all your focus to be decided by you for 10 trades. And if you can't be a break-even trader or, you know, a 40% win-loss or, you know, just under break-even by 10 trades, then you probably might want to switch up the strategy, right? You need to have concrete rules. And if you aren't willing to execute the trade 10 times in a row, to your liking, where you look back at that trade six months from now and say, I'm happy I took that trade according to my rules. Yes, you might disagree with them then or, or later, but with the rules I had down, and I said, okay, I'm buying at this reason for this reason, this reason, and this reason. You know, it could be 20 other reasons too, but you're buying because of this and it makes sense to you and you're taking that trade every single time, then it's a good trade. Right? Do that 10 times in a row, and if you're profitable, do it another 10 times. If, you, you know, if you're not profitable by 20 trades, then look to switch up your strategy. Yes, it's going to take time, but you know, this is a game that we're going to be in for the rest of our lives, potentially. So I recommend you doing it now. Yeah, that's, that's a nice, nice little approach technique, guys, to, to think about 
uh, doing or in fact doing. Uh, right, let's get on to the uh, technical round. So this is uh, some quick-fire questions to help summarise the show. Um, so how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? I'd say about just under two years, two years after that. Thinking about a trader's mindset, do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Focus on yourself and don't give a don't give a screw about anybody else. Just focus on yourself. If somebody says buy and you're and you're looking to sell, sell. Just do your own thing. Sure, it's important to have a network and community, but uh, focus on yourself. That's all I can say. What's your favorite entry setup? Um, it's probably going to go over a lot of people's head, but usually when I have prices. Um, sitting inside a higher time frame zone. It's something I do. It's called multiple time frame analysis. Usually if I trade supply and demand, I like to have prices sitting inside my higher time frame uh, zone. And then I wait for confirmation, meaning price turns from inside out. Right? So usually before prices, you might agree on that. We could go on a lot longer than this. If prices are say in a one hour uptrend, right? You have your idea of a one hour uptrend. I have my idea as what's in the one hour uptrend. Is prices going to change to a downtrend or sideways? Do you, would you agree with prices turn sideways before it goes down from an uptrend? Yeah. Okay. So if they have to go sideways before it goes down, going from an uptrend, prices start to turn from inside out. Would you agree with that? Inside the zone and going well, like say, the zone. say I, I say that as in. Lower time frames will turn before the bigger time frame. Would you? Uh, agree okay. With that? Yeah. 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 So before the one hour is say the one hour is in an uptrend, will the five minute time frame change before the one hour? Yeah. Right. And will the one minute change before the five minute? Yeah. Right. So that's how I. I'm not sure if anybody would really disagree with that, right? But I find it impossible. If anybody can find a, a counter argument to that about how a trend changes or how anything changes, I would love to hear it. But that's how I see it, and maybe you see it about how price changes or how trend changes. It changes from inside out. So if I see prices coming up into say a daily supply zone, a day or support line or sorry resistance or supply zone or whatever, or you're coming up to a 200 EMA, you're bouncing off of it. I want to see a smaller time frame zone or trend turning before, right? So I might go down into my one hour and I'll say like, hey, you know, this is happening. Uh, we broke upward momentum on the one hour. The trend is now sideways. I'm going to start looking for selling opportunities because I know price turns from inside out. So before it changes on the big time frame, it's going to change on the smaller time frame. I already understand that I'm trying to sell in the higher time frame supply zone based on how I trade because it's in that higher time frame zone and price is starting to turn. And I understand that the big money is trying to sell based on how I view the markets. And I'm saying it like that because there could be a thousand different people trading different strategies in here. I don't know. But I'm talking about how I view the market. I see it in a higher time frame supply zone. I see that the only people that can make a move like that is the big money. So I want to if they sell value at that previous price, then why shouldn't they see price, like value at it again, right? So I wait for that one hour time frame to start turning, and then I will try selling pullbacks into the one hour supply zones going down. 
because I know that higher time frame zone is in control. Right? Makes sense. It's it's kind of it's, it's yeah, I know we're going on and on, but I like to think about these and analogies and theory wise. I like to hear other people's point of view too about this. And I, I think it's important to, you know, whenever you push the buy button, somebody is technically selling to you, right? Would you agree with that? Yep. Yep. So say you have your own analysis. Uh I have no idea how you're trading. Maybe it's like support line. You have the EMA crossing in your favor. You have the stochastics crossing in your favor. But you have all these things lining up for you to put a buy signal in, right? So somebody's selling to you. To you, you're looking at buying this thing. You know it's going to go up. Somebody's clearly selling to you. Either somebody's a complete idiot and they don't know what they're doing, right? But usually before somebody push sells, what are they doing? They're building a case to why prices are going to go lower. And what are you doing? You're building a case to why prices are going to go higher. It's just how it works. If somebody's selling, either they're just throwing a dart on the board saying sell, okay, I'm going to sell, right, or buy, right? But you're buying because you have a large amount of information and you're, you've built you know, this book of why prices are going to go up. You've built this evidence about why it's going to go up. And then this person that's trying to sell to you has built his evidence about why it's going to why it's going to drop and continue to drop, right? So who's going to be right? You know, both of you could have a good trade, but one of you is going to be right and one of you is going to be wrong potentially. So uh, I think it's something that you need to consider about not only, you know, it's a next level thinking too, right? After it's something that I started thinking about after I started turning that equity curve up is. Not only why am what am I seeing, but what are they seeing? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's no, very, very valid. Very valid. You've got to consider let's what mo- other people are looking at. Let's That's let's move problem. on with these questions. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, got, got running out of time here. So, um, what strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Um, I just use my own technical analysis. I don't use any EAs or anything like that. Price action. It's done by myself. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Uh, if I had three books, I recommend people to walk, to listen or read. It is one, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Number two, um, One Good Trade by Mike Bellafori. And the third one is not a trading book. It's a business book talking about The Art of War by Sun Tzu. The Art of War. Very good. Yeah. I've, I, did I read that or I was sort of, I read a short version of it or something, but yeah, very, very good. If there was one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Focus on yourself and don't worry about others. That's what I say. Pick your strategy, find what's working for you. Um, you know, not every strategy is out there for that works for everybody, right? It might go against your personality, right? So find what works for you. And just build your rules and just go at it for one month and focus only on yourself. Don't look at social media for one month. Just focus on yourself. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Uh, I use Global Prime. They're based in Australia. It's an ECN broker. So I'm based in Canada, but they're, the broker is based in Australia. And then I execute my trades on MetaTrader, but I use TradingView for everything. What's the worst trade you've ever had? Uh, like I said earlier, I, I've never been that person that's, you know, blew up their account or risked 50% of their account. I always had that risk management and somewhat in control. So I think the biggest is like 500 bucks, 750 bucks, I think 600. 
If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Focus on yourself and focus on yourself only. You know, there you go, guys. Trading all day. (laughs) Trading's a solo game, man. You got to focus on yourself. It's a self-performing sport. Nobody cares about your capital more than you do, right? If you go into a ten percent drawdown, to be honest, I don't care, and neither does anybody else. Sure, we feel bad for you. It sucks, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's your money, right? And it's the same thing coming my way. Nobody cares if I go down into a, a drawdown. Right, so look, before we wrap up, Austin, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, <laughs> uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Moneyball Austin. Just Moneyball Austin. Very simple. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Austin for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here, along with all the links, are on the show notes. To find them, simply search for Austin in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that interview with Austin. Please head over to the YouTube channel where we did shoot a video, and you're going to get to see uh, how he approaches a price chart. So there should be a link in the description if you want to find that. Uh, Otherwise, just head over to tradingnut.com, and you'll find it over there. Now, I want to leave you with one last quote from the Telegram chat. So if you listen to the whole show and you did get to this point, you have got a little treat in store. So Here's what it is. So it's from a past guest of the show, and you're going to need to go through and find this quote to find out who it was. Uh, so here's what here's what he said. Uh, what I've reasoned out over all this all the years is that our biggest enemy in trading is ourselves. More importantly, refusal to work on ourselves. Success in trading is tied closely to if we can discipline ourselves and be consistent. If those two traits are not in a trader, it doesn't matter what you learn, you'll never be able to apply it. Once those two two traits are developed, then mindset needs to be worked on and where one can can deal with, sorry, worked on where one can deal with loss and gain. It's the reason why some just seem to make it and it's because, uh, and because, make it it's because they have some form of that present in their lives when they join trading for us that have to work on it well it takes however long it takes you to learn those things so there we go guys sorry about the reading uh hope you enjoyed that and um i will see you all on the next show